Wonderful. Well, it's uh, great to have you with us here uh, this morning, whether it's your first time or you've been with us before. And uh, we'd love to be on Zoom with you next week uh, as we look at uh, what the church vision is and how you can be connected as part of that. And it has been over the season, you people have joined us online, but we've, we haven't had the connection point like we'd like to. So next Sunday is a great opportunity to do that. We're part of a worldwide family of churches uh, called Regions Beyond, and it was my privilege yesterday to be with our churches in Southern Africa, Uh, well, to be in my home with our friends from Southern Africa as we met together online, as we worshipped together, as we heard uh, Steve Oliver uh, preach God's word, and then we had a great Zoom chat and prayed for Southern Africa. And God is on the move uh, in this season right across our churches in Southern Africa. It's great particularly to hear what God's doing uh, in our churches in Tanzania and the many people they're seeing come to faith and be baptised. And it's so great that we're part of this worldwide family together as we endeavour to make Jesus not only known in Hull uh, but in the nations uh, those of you who don't know me, my name's Steve, uh, Steve Whittington, and I'm on the leadership team here at Jubilee. And over the last a few weeks, we've been looking at some of the most famous teachings of Jesus from the book of Matthew, and they're known as what is called the Sermon on the Mount. And in this teaching that Jesus is giving us, it's teaching us how to live in the kingdom of God, what it is to live now as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian. And this kingdom is where God rules and reigns. And there's blessings and advantages that flow from living under that kingdom. And as Christians, we're called to live out our lives in that kingdom of God. See, God's way of living is often countercultural to the way most people want to live out their lives. Therefore, as we read these verses in a moment from Matthew 5... We're going to be challenged and provoked as God calls us to live in a different and totally, actually, different way. So let's read these verses. Matthew 5, and this morning we're going to be looking at 38 to 48, which teaches us how we deal with our enemies. Verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if somebody wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asked you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? But if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, before we look at these verses, I want us to be clear what this teaching is not saying. This passage is not saying, 
if you're in an abusive relationship, you should just stay in that abusive relationship. Jesus is not saying, if you're getting beaten up, just keep on getting beaten up. He's not saying that if your family is attacked, that you don't have the right to defend them. Jesus is not saying that we as followers of Jesus are called to be passive against the evil we see in this world. Well, how do we know that? You can just read through the Bible and see God's people are called to be those who fight for injustice, who stand up for people who have no voice, who point out things that are wrong and work towards justice. And here we see Jesus in this Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking to people who the majority of them are poor and oppressed. They're living under Roman occupation. Many of them would have seen family members, loved ones, nailed to Roman crosses outside of the city. Many were killed by the Romans. Thousands, in fact. These people that Jesus was speaking to had no political power or authority. Jesus is going to teach those who have zero power, zero authority, how to be people that can still have incredible influence. And it's an incredible teaching because it goes against how we would normally want to respond. Because we think the way we often have to have influence or or grab authority is to have power. But Jesus tells us how to deal with things when we are wronged and how to respond to our enemies. From time to time in life, we do have enemies. Some of them we don't hardly know, but often they're the ones that we felt should have loved us or cared for us or appreciated us. I wonder how do we respond when we feel hurt, betrayed, even taken advantage of? See, we can all respond in the right way when people treat us well. But it's people that live in God's kingdom, Christians whose response can be this. Even when I'm not treated well, I'm going to respond in a way that honours God and his kingdom. So Jesus said in verse 38, You've heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. He then goes on to give us some examples of a response that's different than we would expect. See, we could look at the person who's wronged us and pay them back, give them what they deserve. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And the original Old Testament teaching, you've heard what it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, was limiting the amount of vengeance the people could have and respond It was a good command. It limited payback. It said that the punishment had to fit the crime. But Jesus said, if you want to have the right type of character and have an influence on the world around you, when people wrong you, you don't respond in kind. You respond in such a different and a much better way. Paul the Apostle says in Romans 12, 19 and 21, he says this. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, God's anger. For it is written, it is mine to revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. 
Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, when somebody wrongs us, we don't fight back with the same evil they come at us with. Jesus says we can respond differently, knowing we can trust in a God that has everything under control. He's the king of his kingdom. He's the God of justice. And that we're to allow him to do the justice. We've just got time just to look at three of these examples this morning that Jesus gives us to help understand what our response should be to our enemies. So the first example is in verse 39. It says this, But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anybody slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. That sounds crazy. You want me to do what? If somebody punches me, let me punch them back. No, you want them to punch me again. But actually, that's not quite what Jesus is saying here. He said, if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, right cheek, that's interesting. Why in the world does God, Jesus, give so much detail there? What does it matter what cheek somebody slaps you on? Well, in this society that Jesus was speaking into, it was an honor and shame-based society. And the left hand was considered unclean. You use this hand to do dirty work, okay? Give an example. They didn't have toilet roll in that day, okay? Don't go there too far. You wouldn't use it. So if you were going to hit somebody, you were going to hit them with your right hand. And in order to hit somebody with your right hand on their right cheek, you would have to hit them backhanded. See, Jesus in this instant is actually talking about somebody, not somebody who's being abused. He's talking about somebody who's being humiliated. And that's often the way in the culture they would hit slaves and children. It wasn't a hard punch in the face. It was like, be ashamed. You should be disgusted with yourself. I'm under, you're under my authority, my rule, my control. It was a way of somebody to say, I want to publicly show everybody here, I'm the boss. You're under my authority. And Jesus says, when that happens to you, because that's the people he was talking to, it often would have happened, you'd normally have two options. You could run away and hide in fear, or of course you could fight back. However, Jesus wants us to live as children of his kingdom. God will bring the ultimate justice. You don't always have to defend yourself. He will defend you. You can trust him. God is good. And he is our father. See, when that's the case, how about instead of running away or fighting back, you just turn the other cheek. See, in the kingdom of God, vulnerability is your pathway to impact. Let me say that again. Vulnerability is the pathway to impact. You see, when you feel the need to defend yourself, when you feel the need out of our own insecurities to fight back to prove I'm right and to get the last word, 
we will lose the ability to impact people around us. See, the quick, wicked, uh, sorry, the quick witted response that we can often give, the verbal attack responding to somebody's remark won't actually change that person. Jesus wants better for us. He wants us to be the type of people that influence and change the world around us. How about not having that defense in our lives, being secure in who you are in God, who God is, rather than feeling we've always got to stand up and defend ourselves. By doing that, we can actually take away the power of the person you feel has wronged you, that has said something, has humiliated you. See, the challenge is to believe that God is strong, even when we might feel weak. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, it's in our weakness, in our vulnerability, where the power of God actually shines through our lives. See, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. See, whether that is somebody saying something to us by a text message or on WhatsApp, on Facebook, rather than just respond and snap back, why not just turn the other cheek? Why not respond in a different way? Jesus then gives us another example in verse 40. It says, if anybody would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Now, again, the hearers of our teaching, they had a different kind of wardrobe to what we have, to us listening here today. They didn't wear sort of long trousers or jeans like I've got on. They had a long undergarment, which would have been what they would call their tunic, kind of like a long T-shirt or some sort of underwear. And on top of it, then they would have a cloak, which was something they would use to cover themselves up also when they were sleeping. It was kind of an an outer garment they would put on every day. Now, if somebody was being sued for their tunic, they were really, really poor. I mean, would you want to give up your underwear? (laughs) Jesus said, if somebody wants to sue you for your tunic, give them your coat or your cloak, as well. What does that mean? You'd end up naked. See, that is when somebody abuses you to the point in your poverty and in everything you lacked, when somebody wants to demean you to the point that they sue for your own underwear, give them your coat also. What's it saying as you do that? I'm going to draw attention to it. You are doing something really wrong. There's an injustice happening at this point. See, Jesus turns this scenario on its head by instructing them not to worry about the burden of unjust treatment. Give them everything. Let go. Don't hold on to anything. Rather than fearing the public humiliation of nakedness, the Lord told them to put their shame back on the very one who's caused it by taking it all off and walking away. Wow. I wonder if you've ever felt shame, been humiliated by somebody else. All you want to do is repay them back. Jesus says there's a more powerful way. 
the powerful way of forgiveness, of letting go, of walking away, even if it feels like you're naked. Because it's God that will clothe us. It's God that will give us his grace and strength to leave that person and that situation behind. To leave them full of shame rather than carrying the shame yourself. See, in a position of no power, no authority, I'm still going to give you some comfort. You see, if you read through the books of history... Do you know the people who have made the biggest difference and greatest impact in the world are people who have said this, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of my temporary comfort to make an internal impact. See, when you live in the provision of the kingdom of God, you won't have anything to fear. Even nakedness can't separate you from his love and compassion. See, if unjust treatment has cost you everything. Allow Jesus to take care of you. And then watch your enemies stand in shock. Our third example that we're going to look at is found in verse 41. It says this, Jesus said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Now, we've talked about this. These people were under Roman occupation. It was the Roman Empire. And a Roman guard could require any person that they had encountered to help carry their heavy gear one mile. So imagine if you're on the way to the market, you're a dad on the way to the market, you've got your kids in tow, you're off to go and buy something from the market. You come across a, a Roman soldier who comes up to you and says, carry my gear a mile. I wonder what your response would be. <laughs> Are you kidding? Why should I? I have kids. I've got to get home with the, the food. Well, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, even when you're inconvenienced, we can be people who respond with compassion. See, in the kingdom of God, you can because you are loved by the king. You can love people who are really, really difficult to love. I wonder if you've got anybody in your life at the moment like that. See, if you don't, you're that person in somebody else's life. One of the ways we respond when somebody wrongs us, if somebody inconveniences us, is we can try to dehumanize them. See, can you imagine how easy it would have been for somebody who is a Roman guard and requires them to carry their gear a mile, and you look at them and you say, well, that Roman guard, he's an evil. He's an oppressor. He's responsible for my issues and my problems. So we have this ability to dehumanize people. And the teaching of Jesus is no. Even the people who you're in competition with or you view as your enemy, because of God's love towards you, you can respond with compassion towards them. You can say, hey, you know what? I know you're requiring me to go one mile with you. And I'm really happy to do that. But my guess is that you're somebody else's son. My guess is you're here as a Roman soldier against your will. And to some extent, you're probably even poorly paid. So I'm going to serve you even though we're at competition with one another. So I'm going to carry it an extra mile for you. 
Do you know what that will do? It will change somebody. It firstly changes you, but it will also affect them. I wonder how much compassion you are willing to show to your enemies, those you feel that are opposing you. Will you choose to bless rather than to curse? That neighbor you're at war with, will you bake them some cakes this afternoon? Go and bless them. The person at work that is so demanding, will you bless them and offer to take some more of the stress off their own workload that they are facing? What is it that you can do? What is it that you can respond to today? Now, these three examples are challenging. They are tough. How do we live and love differently our enemies? See, the danger you can think is, well, in order to live in this kingdom of God, we've got to try harder. We've got to do more. I've got to forgive. I've got to go the extra mile. It's tough. It's hard work. I'm not sure whether I can do it. But that's not like it at all. See, Jesus draws out how when he says in verse 48, he says, Therefore, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We are his children. We are children of the most high God, who not only instructs us in the way that we can live, but who has lived the life himself. Jesus was taken before the Roman authorities. He was slapped and beaten. But it said he did not open his mouth. They didn't just take his tunic and his cloak was taken. He was stripped bare. He was hung on a cross for our wrongdoing, for your sins and for my sins. He didn't just go the one mile, he didn't just go the two, but he walked all the way up to the hill of Calvary where he bled and died. And he looked down on those who were needy and annoying, those who had betrayed him. And he looked down on them with love and compassion and grace. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. How did Jesus treat his enemies? See, this is really important for us to know because in the Bible, we, you, us are described as enemies of God. We were set against him. We lived our own way. We decided we wanted to sin in the way that we wanted to. We lived without reference to God. We were enemies of God by our wrongdoing. But Jesus, he died. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus, he gave himself for his enemies, you and I. Instead of killing his enemies, Jesus dies for us. He invites us to live in the same way. That is the good news of Jesus for us today. You see, the good news is you're not a good person, but there is a gracious God and our life is hidden now in him. We can know the forgiveness and grace of God. That's such good news. We can live in the kingdom where we can trust that we've been loved by the king and only him. And that's the security that our heart needs at its very, very core. 
you want to love your enemies, then understand the grace and the love and the security there is being a child of God. Even today, as you consider some of these challenges, consider some of those who are opposing you, considering your enemies, allow God's love to fill you, to know you're his child. He's poured out grace on you. Therefore, that God will give you then love and grace for our enemies. Martin Luther King, on January the 30th, 1956, that great civil rights campaigner, you know, he had his house bombed by a, right, a white supremacist group. And after coming home and finding his house in shambles, he went to see if his wife and daughter were alive inside. They were. And an angry mob of his supporters gathered on his porch and wanted him to go and find whoever it was that had done this. But Martin Luther King... At that time, he gave one of his most stirring and impressive sermons of all time about how about, not res- how about responding in kind to hatred. Sorry, n- but not responding in kind to hatred, but responding in love. Then he led his followers, not in a mission of finding the enemy and taking them down, but he had them all gathered together and they sang Amazing Grace. On his porch. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now am found. I was blind. But now I see. This grace. That Jesus gives to us. This forgiveness. Causes it to change us. And then change how we live in attitude to those around us. Would we be like Martin Luther King this morning? Instead of responding with vengeance and wanting to get our own back, come to God and trust him and say, God, thank you for your grace. That your grace be poured out upon those who oppose me. That they too would experience the love and grace of God. Let's just pray together. Father, this morning, we just come to you. We thank you for your love and your grace and your compassion towards us. That once we were once enemies of God, but because of what Christ has done on the cross, we are now called friends. We're now called children of God. Our sin has gone. It's been washed away. So Lord, help us today. For those of us who are challenged this morning, we're holding grudges, resentments, with those around us that sometimes we just feel pressurized by. Lord, help us to respond differently. Lord, help us to change that they too would experience the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's respond, let's worship God. Why don't we sing Amazing Grace together? And as we do that, allow God to come on you. Maybe even as you're singing it, Allow God to touch your emotion. Maybe begin to pray for your enemies. Pray for yourself. Begin to let go. Begin to walk away from your sin and your shame into the loving arms of our Father.